You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I'm your host, Richie Bradshaw. Today, I will be joined by my good friend, Donnie Druin of All Sun Devils on SI.com. We had Donnie on a couple of weeks back, and he gave us his opinions then, and we're going to do the exact same thing now. We're going to start with Donnie giving us his opinions on the Arizona State Sun Devils win last Friday over the Stanford Cardinal. He's going to give us his thoughts there, tell us the strengths and weaknesses, and speaking of strengths and weaknesses, Donnie's also going to break those down a little bit for us in the second segment before we close out with Donnie's thoughts on this Saturday's game against the Utah Utes. He's going to give us a couple bold predictions and a score prediction as well. You are listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember that we're free and available on all platforms. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and unfortunately, I am not joined by my good friend Connor Drios today. And we'll have to make fun of him here in a minute for that. But in the meantime, make sure you're following me on Twitter at RichieBrats36. Make sure you're following the Locked On Sun Devils Twitter as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Spotify or Odyssey, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast. The Locked On Sun Devils podcast is there for you Monday through Friday with the absolute best Sun Devils content in the whole world. Today, like I said, I am joined by my good friend, Donnie Druin from All Sun Devils on SI.com. Donnie, please tell the good people how you're doing and where they can find you on Twitter. Oh, man. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Second time on the podcast, and I think last time I was on Arizona State got the dub. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I oh, they did. They took We're 1-0. Home. We're 1-0 when you get on the pod. Indeed. Love it. Definitely need to come back on and chop it up. Sun Devils with my two boys, Richie and Connor. Uh, find me on Twitter at Donnie, D-O-N-N-I-E, Druin, D as in David, R-U-I-N. And then follow all Sun Devils at all Sun Devils, all one word, si.com slash college football slash Arizona State. Find us pretty much everywhere you can find Locked On Sun Devils. I've heard Locked On prove me if I'm wrong, Richie. It's like Jack Jones everywhere. Uh, who jack jones jack jones jack yes jones. That, that man is all over the place just like the locked on sun devils and just like uh all sun devils from si.com donnie again thank you so much for pulling through for us to go over everything sun devils today so before we get started like i mentioned at the top there connor drios is still on vacation we miss him very much he will be here hopefully for the Friday edition of the podcast, when we have another guest on little tease right there, you guys will need to make sure that you tune in and find out who it is. We're going to be talking to, but in the meantime, Connor has not texted me and I have left him two messages on the previous two podcasts to text me now. So Donnie, I don't know what our friend's doing, but he sure as heck is not listening to the podcast. So what message do you have for Connor to check and see if he is listening to the pod? Well, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, he's sure not winning fantasy football games in our fantasy league. That, that, that's for dang sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll actually up the ante for uh, our good buddy, Connor. Connor, if you're listening, text me, and I will cash up you $5. No no questions asked. $5. Ooh, wow. Five okay. valid American monies. 
but if you, you got can 24 hours thing to this podcast yep yeah you got 24 hours and i really hope that when uh we get this all set up tonight that he doesn't take a peek i want him to actually tune in give us that click but in hey, the meantime we, we do need all the clicks we can get we so, need all uh, the clicks we can if, get. Exactly. if he was any sort of the phenomenal co-host that he thinks he is that he probably is tbh <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll definitely give you the click <laughs> Well, there you go. So let's go ahead and jump right into everything, Donnie. So we teased at the very top that we're going to get your opinions on the Sun Devils win over the Stanford Cardinal on Friday night. It was a very convincing win. Obviously, Sun Devils fans should be riding a pretty good high going into the week. But please break it down for us. What do you what do you think about the game and all that good stuff, everything and anything in between? Yeah, and I actually want to give Stanford a little bit of credit. I mean, that's that's a pretty good football team that the Arizona State Sun Devils did beat last Friday. I believe ASU was their third straight ranked opponent in the row that uh, they were playing. Excuse me. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, they had they had faced a uh, 24th ranked UCLA team, barely lost that one, upset a number three ranked Oregon team the week prior to visiting Tempe. So there was a lot of momentum riding for the Cardinal heading into Sun Devil Stadium, but the Arizona State Sun Devils quickly took care of that matchup, a 20 to 10 win over Stanford. They covered, they, they did indeed cover the 13 point spread, which we love. But the over didn't hit, and I'll tell you why I have a bone to pick with that, Richie. Stanford crossed midfield 11 times during that game. I'm going to repeat that. The Cardinal offense crossed midfield 11 times during that game. How many points did it score, Richie? 10. 10 Mm -hmm. points. Seven of those points came on the second drive of the game. Absolutely not great for my wallet, but absolutely phenomenal for the Arizona State Sun Devils defense. I mean, Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee came into the game with zero turnovers, left Sun Devil Stadium with three interceptions, one of the best secondaries in the Pac-12. If it wasn't known prior to the Stanford game, I feel like we all very much know that as well. And just looking at the box score, 13 net rushing yards. I know sacks are kind of taken in, into the equation for college numbers. Which is 19, lame. Yeah, absolutely. You get rid of that immediately. And by the way, really quick side rant. I don't know what they do for college football passer rating. It makes no sense to me. Oh, yeah. You can get in like the 200s. Dude, I not a clue. I don't know. I dropped out of community college. I don't know numbers. So maybe I'm not the right person to speak on that. But 13 net rushing yards for the Cardinal. And like we knew going into the game because they were ranked 11th in the Pac-12 in average rushing yards per game. They weren't going to necessarily have a great deal of success pounding the rock. And obviously that was the case on Friday. I thought Arizona State, they, they did a good job, but I'm going to tell you this, Richie. I don't think they played that great of a game offensively. I feel like it was a classic ASU game where they relied a lot on the rushing attack. 255 yards. I believe they had 185 at halftime. And Jaden Daniels, 14-23, 175 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Kind of that classic, hey, Jaden, don't turn the ball over. Just get us a couple first downs when we need you to, and then we'll let the running game kind of take over from there. Uh, but I, I feel like the the storyline of the game, or I, I guess the MVP of the game, Tyler Johnson, two sacks, three and a half tackles for loss, five total tackles. That's the game changer you need on the, on the defensive side of the ball, right? Especially with guys like Jermaine Lillet out, especially with guys like Trevez Moore out. Chase Lucas didn't play in that game. You needed to get pressure going into the Stanford game. They walked into Stanford 
the Stanford game, excuse me, 16 sacks heading into that game. They, they emerged with 21, five quarterback sacks, just an absolutely phenomenal dominant performance. And it, it's that classic ASU ground and pound and play tough defensive football win that they got on Friday. Yeah. Impressive defensively, definitely left a little bit desired offensively, but overall a pretty clean win for the team. I mean, you can't talk any highly or any more highly about what Tyler Johnson was able to do. And then I, I got to ask you that Jack Jones play, tell me what was going through your mind when you saw that. Oh man. Um, I believe, I believe that drive started off of, I, I was it a turnover that the Cardinal got the ball back or, or, or one of the failed like fourth down conversions. Stanford got the ball back and it's kind of like, okay, well, like, no, this is usually the point in the ball game where like, this is where the team will start to like drive down the field and then they'll like stand some of that momentum back. And the, the play by Jack Jones th- to not only intercept that pass, but just to have like the, the sudden wits to lateral that back to DeAndre Pierce to find the end zone total game changer and like you can't coach that you can't teach that That, that's just pure instinct and jack jones and like i alluded to a little bit earlier with chase lucas out just a a phenomenal way for him to step up in the secondary and made his presence known and just an overall great play that i think sun devils fans will remember for quite a long time it was definitely something special i know i know they're trying to patent the pitch as the play, but let's not go that far. It was a pitch really good play. Cool. Pitch I'll six is pretty cool. Pitch six is cool. That is cool. We'll, we'll see. Maybe maybe at the end of the year, if the Sun Devils find a way to run the table and win the Pac-12 South, we can talk about that as a historic play. Print the In the shirts. meantime, what was that? Print the shirts. Print the shirts. Print the shirts. Yeah, exactly. Whoever's listening to this, the pitch six, and then put like, like, like silhouettes of Jack Jones pitching it to DeAndre Pierce with like golden maroon background. Shoot, they can make money off their uh, name, image, and likeness now. So give them, give them a couple of uh, goober bucks and uh, put their actual like jerseys on. Be good. <laughs> there you go. All right. So we're going to go ahead and close out the first segment. Now, when we return, we are going to be going over Donnie's thoughts on the weaknesses and strengths of this current Arizona state Sun Devils team. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics, have you guys heard of Price Picks yet? If not, let me tell you, it's so much fun. I absolutely love it. I know you will too. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as the mid major players you might not have even heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Check this out. I've got a promo code for you. It's locked on. When you use that promo code, your deposit will be matched up to 100% up to $100. That's essentially another $100 for you to go ahead and use on your picks. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Here's how it works. You go ahead and pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and the best part is it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks also allows mixed sports entries. So you can take the over on LeBron James, combine it with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is also safe and offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com. Remember to use that promo code Locked On, or go to the App Store and download the app today. Again, PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. 
Thanks again for making the Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember that we're free and available on all platforms. We are back for our second segment now, and my good friend Donnie Druin is still joining us. So happy to have him on. And as the expert of the Sun Devils for all Sun Devils from SI.com, the guy knows what he's talking about. So with that being said, I trust his expert opinion right here. Donnie, if you don't mind, give me a little bit of insight. We're going to go over some, some strengths and weaknesses of this team. If you don't mind, let's go ahead and start offensively. What do you think mm-hmm. are the strengths and weaknesses there? I think pass protection is certainly a strength. And whenever you turn four or five starters on the offensive line from the year prior, you would certainly expect that. But, you know, there were still questions. And I guess Jaden Daniels' mobility or sometimes lack thereof, I guess pocket presence would be a better term for that, doesn't always reflect – um, the great pass protection he has. Uh, guys like Donovan West and uh, Kellen Deese headlined a pretty, pretty solid Sun Devils offensive line. And I know we could talk about Jaden Daniels passing the ball all day. He's been sacked seven times through six games. So not terrible, not anything super great. Sometimes those are on him because I've seen him run himself into sacks about three or four times throughout the year. So that's something on him, that's something on the offensive line. But at the end of the day, it's kind of whatever. Yeah, Deesh was someone that you highlighted last time mm-hmm. you came on as one of your actual like favorite players, and he continues to play very strong on that left Indeed, side. Indeed, yeah, and I'll tell you this. I think he's seen his draft stock improve just a little bit as well. But between you and me and everybody else listening to the phenomenal Locked on Sun Devils podcast, yeah, I think he's making himself a little bit of dough this year with how well he's been playing. Now, remind me, he is a senior, correct? He is, yep. So... That's Maybe right. we make a senior bowl appearance. Richie, I'm telling you right now, because uh, there were 10 of 11 starters on ASU's defensive side of the ball were named to the senior bowl watch list prior to the 2021 season. I feel like we're going to have a couple of ASU guys in Mobile that we can talk to and uh, throw, throw the ASU guys out the equation for a second. I'm so excited to get back there after we weren't there last year. Yes. Humble brag. Me and Donnie have made a trip to the senior bowl. I have done three years since 2018 and Donnie's made two years since 2019. We had to miss it last year, unfortunately, but little tease for you guys, me and Donnie will be returning to mobile. We are going to do our best to recruit Connor to come as well, but he may or may not have to take care of his brand new baby girl family. Yeah, exactly. How dare he have responsibilities, but (laughs) should we make it out there? So here's a little sidebar. I, I love this. It's classic tangents that me and you go on all the time. There are a lot of seniors on the Sun Devils team. Yeah. Who are some of the guys that you could see end up getting that invite from Jim Nagy to go down to Mobile? I think off the top of my head, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson is definitely one. Kellen Deesh, obviously, as well. Rashad White. I think Rashad White's making a lot of noise for himself, and rightfully so. And he's a fan favorite. He's a favorite of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. He's a Locked yes, On favorite is. for all SunDevils.com. He, the guy does everything extremely well. Definitely Rashad White. Off the top of my head, I, I think a lot of the guys off of this secondary would probably play very, very well there. Prove me if I'm wrong. Merlin Robertson is a senior on this team, isn't he? If he's not, then he is like a fourth-year junior. So he he should be eligible. Yeah, so uh, Swelly might make it. He's a very talented kid, don't get me wrong, but – uh, the, the senior bowl is definitely a little bit selective when it comes to having those sorts of guys on their roster. But 
I mean, like I said, 10 out of 11 of the starters were named to the Senior Bowl preseason watch list. Uh, Robinson is a senior, so I would definitely expect to see him in Mobile to try to get his draft stock up there as well. Just a, a, a plethora of players, uh, seasoned, experienced guys that they used to Sun Devils have on the defensive side of the ball, which is never a bad thing, especially at the college football level. 100%. So obviously that's still going to be a few months away. Typically the Senior Bowl is pretty selective when it comes to who they're going to put. Cause I mean, it's an all-star game essentially yep. like take away the fact that it's a huge step in the NFL draft process. This is, this is an all-star game. It just happens to be one that people actually care about. So yeah. with that being said, let's go ahead and reel it back in because that sounds like a conversation for another podcast. Hint, hint uh, podcast deeper, a little bit deeper down the road. I'm sure we'll have plenty more of those here. Yeah, as once, much as we get closer to the senior bowl. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say. And of course, we'll have you on plenty of other times before then. But back to the topic at hand, you gave us a look at some of the strengths of the offense. Tell me some of the weaknesses. Yeah, so really quick before I move on to the weaknesses, one more strength I do want to point out. The very obvious one, the elephant in the room, running the football. I mean, nobody in the Pac-12 really does it better than Arizona State. I mean, I already alluded to the offensive line, four or five stars returning. I feel like all of those guys are playing at a pretty high level. And you, you dig into the running back depth, right? You know, Chip Trainum, Rashad White, Daniel Angada, just those three guys. I feel like it's got to be the best trio. Sorry, west of the Mississippi, excuse me. Um, you know, if not in all college football, maybe that's some bias being there because, you know, we watch those guys every week. But I'm sure a lot of Sun Devil fans would agree. At very, very worst, one of the best in the Pac-12. So rushing the football and obviously the offensive line are there. And then that's not even taking into account Jaden Daniels' mobility as, you know, a, a guy who could take off out of the pocket. We saw that last week on the 51-yard rushing touchdown that he had, second longest of his career. I mean, the, the dude has some wills whenever called upon. And I know a lot of people don't like him running, but I think ASU's offense, you know, just works that much better whenever defenses have to take into account Jaden Daniels' ability to run the ball out of the backfield. A couple of weaknesses, though, I still feel like, and this pains me to say, and this is not a slight to anybody because I like a lot of those guys, I still feel like there's not a bona fide big number one receiver. I mean, we've been pumping up Ricky Parasol on this podcast for weeks, and rightfully so, right? I mean, I feel like everybody talks about him, and he's a great player. But, like, I feel like Jaden Daniels doesn't necessarily, like, throw to him like a number one receiver. And, you know, rightfully so, because there's a lot of talented guys on that wide receiver depth chart that you need to spread the ball around to. But, I mean, it's just looking at the numbers right here. Like, Curtis Hodges, the, the tight end, who's very good, by the way, um, you know, lead is actually tied for the team lead with Ricky Pearsall. 256 yards receiving. Pearsall, two touchdowns. Hodges doesn't have any. And they just look at some other guys. LV Bunkley Shelton has a touchdown. Rashad White and then Johnny Wilson as well. But then the depth you have. I mean, we saw Elijah Badger score. I, I believe his second touchdown on four touches throughout the entire year. That's a that's correct. Stat. Yeah, that's yeah, correct for, for all you uh, big number guys out there. Then you look at guys like Andre Johnson. You know, Brian Thompson. The, the list goes on. All that being said. All the depth in the world, still no alpha receiver on that team. And I feel like at some point during the season, there's going to be a time where you're going to have to have somebody rise to the occasion and kind of put their uh, put their stake in the ground as that number one guy. You have a feeling it's Pearsall, but we still we still don't know who that is. You know, there's not that. 
I don't want to say big play because Pearsall is a big play guy. They're still not that like go-to guy on like a third down when, when you need a big play, right? Oh, I would totally agree. And part of that is, you know, Jaden spreading the ball out almost to a fault and not getting his best receivers involved. Like I personally believe that Pearsall needs to be a far more featured part in the whole offensive game plan. Yes. But I, I think it's definitely a, a weakness to the team because they just, they don't have any form of consistency. And part of that is on the receivers. And another part of that is on Jaden for not putting, putting more emphasis and trust into one or two guys. Again, I'm all for spreading the ball around, but when you need those crucial third downs, they don't have that guy. Yep, and that leads me to another point, too. And Jane Daniels is probably the best quarterback prospect. He's come through Tempe in quite a long time. Quite a long time. Are you hating on Mike Berkovici right now? Uh, man, I thought you were going to pull out the uh, the Manny Wilkins hate bug. Uh, I mean, Manny, w- Manny was fun. He he. Uh, Manny so... was fun, and I think we can leave it at that. There you, <laughs> you go. Know? Yeah, let's go ahead. Manny was fun. He just he got a hurdle every game. Yep, yep. Kind of like Rashad White, a hurdle every game, so good for him, especially at the quarterback. Before it was cool, he was hurdling people. Let's put it like that. Yeah, exactly. So Jaden Daniels, there's a lot to like about his athleticism, right? There's, he's, his rocket arm, phenomenal. I mean, he can sling the football down the field. But there's just the small, finer details of playing the quarterback position sometimes is, came back to bite Jaden Daniels and the rest of the Sun Devils offense and not great ways. And the perfect example of that, last week versus Stanford, the second half of the game, ASU has an opportunity to bust a thing wide open, bust a game wide open. Perfect. I, I don't know if it was play action or flea flicker. It might have been a play action. The ball was around the 50-yard line, and Jane Daniels dropped back, and he had somebody deep open for a touchdown, wide open. Under throws the ball, ball is incomplete, and then things kind of like stall from there, right? And it, it's going from that to just like hitting the consistent, like short to intermediate routes, doing, not doing, fitting footballs in pro caliber windows, throwing the ball before the receiver turns their head and just kind of like throwing your receivers open. I think Jaden Daniels can still work on a little bit. And if, and this, this is the picking, right? Dan, Daniels has played pretty solid throughout the course of the beginning of the season, this is nitpicking at its finest right here. But if we are going to evaluate a weakness on the offensive side of the ball, Jaden Daniels just has to be a little bit more consistent as a passer. I think that's perfect. So with that said, let's go ahead and flip to the other side of the ball. Strengths and weaknesses for the defense. Uh, I'll make this really short and easy for you, Richie. Perfect. Strength, it's got to be everything. It, it, it's got to be everything. And even – Okay, I'll save that for the weaknesses part. A strength for the team that I don't think anybody foresaw coming, especially with guys like Lole and Morel, quarterback pressures. They lead the Pac-12 in sacks with 21 sacks through the first six games of the year. I don't think anybody saw this coming. And a very, very um, nitpicky point a lot of Sun Devil fans had about this team going into this year was the lack of pass rushers and the, the lack of pass rush production the team has seen in the last couple of years. And all of that has been thrown out the window. I mean, they're getting consistent quarterback pressure every single game, but Richie, here's the part. They don't have to blitz. They can, they can rush four guys and still maintain consistent pressure on the quarterback 
play after play. And I think that builds into another strong point of the defense. And we've already kind of talked about it, the secondary. I mean, this is a very veteran but talented secondary that you have. And at the college level, it's so important to have that nice mixture of talent and just like the the veteran know-all, the experience to be there, you know, and the two phenomenal cornerbacks and Chase Lucas and Jack Jones mixed with guys like Evan Fields. I mean, Jordan Clark plays pretty good. DeAndre Pierce plays pretty good. I mean, just a a lot of really good pieces around that secondary that can kind of do it all, you know, and I feel like they do a really good job of limiting passers um, to games. Like we saw from Karen McKee, one touchdown, three interceptions. Yeah. He threw what 350 yards, but I mean, they lost 28 to 10. I feel like every Sun Devil fan would exchange that yardage for that kind of win every day of the week, you know? Absolutely. I mean, like, like you said, there's just so many strengths on this defense that, the weaknesses are so minuscule you're you're almost nitpicking at that point yeah exactly and I, I guess another strength too would be the linebacking core right I mean Kyle Swelly has played pretty good throughout the year Merlin Robinson has really started to turn it on and I know we talked about that whenever I was on the episode uh you know a couple of weeks ago but he's maintained a uh, pretty high level and then obviously Darian Butler I mean our vote for Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, if we did have one. And then Let's Eric Gentry. The, the, award while we're at it. Oh, definitely, man. And then Eric Gentry, the freshman linebacker, to step in for Soeli, even well. going back to the second half of the uh, the UCLA game and having that big fourth down stop and then carrying that momentum over and just being this athletic freak at the linebacker position. I mean, dude's a stud, and I think ASU is very lucky to have him. So, so the, the depth at linebacker has been phenomenal to see, and I feel like it's paid dividends in both the, the rushing attack and the passing support as well. I think that's perfectly said. So there you go. All right, so we're going to go ahead and hop into our final break. When we return for the last segment, we are going to get Donnie's opinions on the game upcoming with the Utah Utes and why is the big game couple bold predictions and a score prediction. As always, you're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Are you guys looking for a protein bar that is not only delicious, but also healthy for you? Look no further than Built Bar. Built Bar has tons of delicious flavors and the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you didn't know the flavors, well, you're missing out. Here's a few just off the top of my head. They got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and many, many more. If you haven't tried all the flavors, the good news is you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the flavors. It's a fantastic deal. Not only that, but let me tell you, these Built Bar flavors are good tasting and they're healthy. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein. They're only 130 calories. There's only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or that mint brownie or whatever it is you like. I know personally I'll be getting that that peanut butter brownie one. Kind of reminds me of a peanut butter cup. Can't go wrong there. But the good news is I have an offer for you too. So go to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back for the final segment of this Wednesday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. 
I am joined by my good friend, Donnie Druin. If you've been under a rock for the majority of this podcast, this is the all Sun Devils expert and the one, one of the smartest guys I know when it comes to not, <laughs> not just Sun Devils football, but football in general. So I'll, I'll build you up. You my boy, Donnie. You my boy. My compliments. Thank you. I, I feel like sometimes you're talking in a mirror, but thank you. <laughs> I, I wish. I wish. But, you know, I just... I got, I got to humble you too. So when we're, when we're off camera and we're off recording, I'll go ahead and make fun of you. Cause we can't let that ego get too big. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said to close out the podcast today, we're going to take a look ahead at the Arizona state sun devils versus Utah Utes game this weekend, going to Utah to play that game. Donnie, give us a quick little preview, give us a couple bold predictions, and then finally give us a score prediction. Yeah. So uh very tricky game. I feel like, you know, and there's a, there's a lot to be confident about in Arizona State. But there's this feeling, right, going into Utah. The last time they traveled to the state of Utah to play a football game did not end up very well. They're, I don't even uh, want to talk about it. Yeah, so that, that thing happened. But they go to a Utah team, three and two, second in the Pac-12 South. A win right here would be very, very good for the Sun Devils. Obviously, I, you know, I feel like they can't be understated. But this Utah team is tricky. Very, very tricky. Before I get into it, I actually had a question for you. Of course. Richard Bradshaw. Yeah. Because I was thinking about this before I jumped on the podcast. Do you think this is the biggest game to date for the Arizona State Sun Devils? It's so funny you say that because it feels like we do that every single week where it's like, this is the biggest game of the year. And then it's the next week and we're like, oh man, this is the biggest game of the year. I'll tell you this. Utah is playing with passion right now. And they, they've got not, not so much a chip on their shoulder, but with everything that's happened to them during this season with the very unfortunate passing away of Aaron Lowe, they have used that as like inspiration to play their best football because they just went to the Coliseum and took USC behind the woodshed. For the first win ever in the Coliseum, by the way. Yeah. First win ever in the Coliseum for Utah. So these guys feel like that they're playing for Aaron. And we all know that Aaron's looking down and he's cheering on his Utes, but they they've got something on their side right now. And not only that, they're just a tough team. These Utah Utes consistently give the Sun Devils fits over the last 10 years alone. I don't know what the record is, but I'd be willing to bet that Utah's got the advantage there. And I just, you cannot go on the road to play a team as tough as Utah is and expect to pull out a big win. So to answer your question, yeah. And this, this is the biggest game for the remainder of the Pac-12 South schedule. We still have UCLA and we still have Colorado or not Colorado, excuse me, U of A, but, and, and then you got a few other Pac-12 North games, but this is definitely the biggest game remaining in the Pac-12 South yeah, and I think I might be inclined to agree with you because going into the road trip to UCLA, the Sun Devils were underdogs, right? They, they were coming off of that BYU loss um, a couple of weeks prior to that, and my everybody felt like the Bruins were going to win. So, like in a sense, like that was a very big game for ASU to win. But you know, they were underdogs going to this game. Now they're five and one. They're at the top of the Pac-12 South division. This is a game that, at least on paper they should win, right? They're going on the road to Utah 
And I don't know if you've looked at the weather, but it's supposed to be a little chilly, not quite the 90-degree games that Arizona State has been accustomed to playing so far throughout the year. It's just a little bit chilly in Utah. We saw what happened last time they go on the road, but Richie, I'm not so sure that happens twice. I really think Herm Edwards will have his guys ready to go and better equipped to play in that kind of environment. And, you know, especially looking at the BYU game, which is still a crazy game to reference, by the way. I mean, 16 penalties, four turnovers, and they were still within one possession of the game deep into the fourth quarter. So we can certainly say that ASU beat themselves that night and not BYU beat that Arizona State team that night. But focusing on Utah, Rishi, I don't know if he does, but uh, their starting quarterback this year, Cam Rising, wasn't the starter at the beginning of the year. And I don't no, know if you remember this. Yeah, uh, Charlie Brewer was actually their starter and transferred out of the program three games into the season. After that, Cam Rising has been phenomenal. 625 yards, a seven touchdown to zero interception ratio, only sacked three times. Um, you know, just looking at the numbers, Utah doesn't really do anything well. I mean, they're very like average just in terms of the numbers, passing, rushing, receiving, whatever it may be. Kim Rising is a very good quarterback, but to be fair, Arizona State saw a very good quarterback in Tanner McKee last week, and look how that panned out, right? Right. So offensively, I'm I'm not sure what to really expect. Like you alluded to, their physical team, they've always been branded as that like physical team, right? Like nobody's gonna like beat up on Utah. You know, nobody's gonna try to like outmuscle them or anything like that. So we'll see about that on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, though, let me tell you about Devin Lloyd, their linebacker. Richie, I know you're a draft nut. Have have, have you seen his name at all? Uh, honestly, I haven't done too much draft research oh, yet, man. but I, oh. I do know off the top of my head that Devin Lloyd is pretty, pretty good. You'll see him. You, you will see him. And I, I feel is like, that a we'll see a, are you, threatening uh, hopefully me? not. <laughs> are you threatening me? Master Jedi? I feel like we'll see a lot of him at the senior bowl just through this year though. 54 tackles, 54 Richie, the next closest person on Utah is 32. <laughs> An animal, yeah. a Darius Leonard type animal on Utah's defense. Two sacks, I was literally two just about to say that. One forced fumble, one fumble recovered, graded the second highest linebacker in the country by Pro Football Focus with a grade of 87.9 points. I don't know if this is going to put the cherry on top for you because it did for me. After Utah went to the Coliseum and spanked USC, excuse me, do you know who tweeted out to him that he had a great game? Ronnie Lott. Is that, Do you know how much of a man you have to be for Ronnie Lott to tweet at you and congratulate you on a good game? This is the same Ronnie Lott who amputated his finger yes. just to play just to play a playoff game for for the San Francisco 49ers Absolutely. back in the yep. 80s. Yep. 90s. Hall of Famer. Yep. Yeah. Don't so, come across the middle, Ronnie Lott. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Don't go anywhere near him. Yeah. That. That last I checked, that's pretty good praise. Pretty good. I, I feel like you could do a lot worse when it comes to people highlighting you, at least on the social media aspect. All in all, though, I mean, just looking through the team, there's obviously playmakers. There's dogs on this Utah team, like there's dogs on every football team. Very average statistically. And I, I, I watched a couple of their wins. I mean, their win versus USC. Take it with a grain of salt, I guess, because USC is not the program. They were, but then again, they still have four and five-star kids littered across that roster anyway, right? So you can't take too much away from them. The loss at BYU and then the loss at San Diego State in back-to-back weeks still does not look very good. And it just feels like they're almost due for another slip-up of bad performance. 
And what a team to go into Utah and give them that bad performance, like a very, very motivated, on fire Arizona State Sun Devils team. I mean, that you couldn't have put it any better. So we got we got a quarterback who hasn't thrown a pick yet. Sounds like he's due. We got Sounds familiar from last yeah, week. Exactly. Yeah. We got a freaky good linebacker and an overall solid team. Now tell me, let, let's go ahead and start out with the fun one. Give me a score prediction for this game. Man, this feels like a low-scoring game. It really feels like a low-scoring game. It's just I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like the, the Sun Devils going on the road. I don't know if it's them playing a really – physical Utah team. I don't know if it's going to be the, the drop in weather that just something about this game makes me think it's going to hit the under 51 points. So if, if I'm staying true to that, I'll go, I'll go Arizona state 27, Utah 17. And that 17 points, I feel like is kind of generous considering I feel like Stanford has a, uh, a better overall attack than Utah. Just my opinion but Stanford is only able to get 10 points on Arizona state to take it with a grain of salt. But I feel like those guys are going to be ready to play regardless of what the temperature is going to be like, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I think like, like you said, the weather and the elements are going to play a factor into this game. I don't think people are looking at that enough. I do think it ends up being low scoring as well. I'll be giving my predictions tomorrow, both on score. Oh, you dog. I got, I got a tease. I'm sorry. But with that being said, go ahead, give me two, three, 20. Give me some bold predictions. Oh, man, bold predictions. Let's see. I mean, they have to keep the, the uh, streak going of intercepting passes, right? So I, I guess my first bold prediction will be Utah quarterback Cam Rising throws his first interception. And I feel like I'm copying you because this is what you said about Terry McKee last week on the podcast, right? And I was you, right. You, you definitely called him throwing the interception. I believe you hit all but one of your bold predictions, didn't you? I did. So I here were my bold predictions. Just just humble brag. I said we would sack McKee three times. We sacked him five. I said mm-hmm. he'd throw his first pick, picked him off three times. I said the run game was going to get 250 rush. Yeah, 250 rushing. They got 255. And I said we'd have four rushing touchdowns, and we only had three. Yeah, not, not a bad sweep. Not too shabby. Not a bad sweep. <laughs> So just to give you an update on the weather in Salt Lake City on Saturday, a high of 57 and a low of 36. Now, I have to imagine that low is going to come at nighttime. They're playing at 8 o'clock local time, by the way, so I feel like it's going to be a little bit chilly for those uh, those moon devils on Saturday night. Moon Another devils. More prediction. I see I what like you did there. Thank you. <laughs> Utah's done a really good job of protecting rising at the quarterback position. I hope I'm wrong about this, but I think the absolute limit on quarterback sacks for Arizona State on Saturday is going to be two. I feel like Utah is going to do a really good job of protecting their guy. And ASC just doesn't really seem inclined to blitz all that much. So good good protection mixed with a four-man rush doesn't exactly scream sack production. But then again, ASU has dogs all across the defensive line, so it wouldn't surprise me to see those guys get three or more sacks. So – I guess those are my only two bold predictions of the game. Uh, Cam Rising throws his first interception versus ASU's defense. And then sticking with the defense, they only get two sacks on Saturday. Well, there you go. So nice long podcast for you guys. Lots of detail. Donnie, thanks again so much. Can you remind everyone where they can find not only you on Twitter, but all your work that you do for all Sun Devils from SI? 
Yeah, so just visit austindevils.com or si.com slash NCAA slash Arizona State. And then uh, follow me on Twitter at Donnie Druin, D-O-N-N-I-E-D-R-U-I-N. And then at All Sun Devils, All Sun Devils, all one word. Richie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure, excuse me. Thanks so much. Definitely wish our man Connor could be here. But hopefully he's asking me for $5 whenever everybody else is listening to this as well. So Exactly. So thanks again, Donnie, for joining us. This has been the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked on Pac-12. Get all your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with Pac-12 expert Cindy Robinson. This has been Richie Bradshaw on the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Remember to follow me at RichieBrads36. Follow my friend Connor my co-host at Cedrios and follow the locked on Sun Devils page at L O underscore Sun Devils. Finally, remember to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We put out the best content Monday through Friday. We love you guys so much 70 to seven, and we'll see you guys later.